All right, welcome back to the show. This is The Nation. I'm Chris Slow with Austin Price. I want to welcome in special guest, my colleague at ESPN, the man who makes it go this time of year, Joe Lenardi. You are the busiest man in all of sports right now, and I appreciate you taking some time to spend with us. Uh, so let's get right to it. Um, how many top four seeds, I'm talking about teams seeded one, two, three, or four, do you see in the SEC? At this moment, I think we have, ironically, Chris, uh, two twos from the SEC, Auburn and Kentucky, and clearly one of them very likely will be a one based upon, A, one of them possibly winning the SEC tournament, and, B, Baylor or Kansas not winning the Big 12 tournament. Obviously, they both can't. So there's going to be one spot open, I suspect, and then – and then you get to Tennessee on the three line. Uh, we just moved Arkansas up to the last uh, four, given uh, Houston's big loss today at Memphis. And then you get into Alabama at LSU at five and six. That is that is six teams, six or better. Mm. That will be better than any league in the country. Yeah. We're talking to Mr. Bracketologist Joe Lenardi. Joe, uh, What's Tennessee's ceiling? What's Tennessee have to do to get to that two line? Uh, win every game and then, you know, take home the trophy from Tampa. I, I don't think that they can get past the two, if, if that's what you're asking. But uh, I do think that that level of competition that they would have to face to win the SEC tournament would certainly be enough to move them up. Well, what about dropping down? What, where, what's the what's the farthest you could see them dropping? Let's say they lose in the quarterfinals of the SEC. Would they fall below a three or four seed? I don't think they'd fall below a four, no. I, they, they certainly could get passed by teams that could steal their three. Uh, but Tennessee is going to be on the top four lines. I would be very surprised if the balls are not. If they make it to Saturday, Joe, uh, and, and are playing Kentucky and then they lose to Kentucky, do you think at that point they're almost a, a lock for a three at that point? Yes, I think three will be their ultimate landing spot, barring an SEC tournament championship. And, frankly, and we've seen a lot of evidence of this over the years, uh, sometimes these Saturday, Sunday championship games – don't turn out to mean as much as we think. Uh, and and it, you kind of scratch your head and go, were they watching the final? Did, did the cable get knocked out at the hotel? Uh, did the conference room, you know, Wi-Fi fail? Uh, what have you. Uh, so I would be mindful of that as well as we, we head into these major conference storms. I'm sure, you know, this is where this is your life. Do you, do you just really just relish this time of year? And how much has this this time of year morphed as far as you know what you did 15 years ago versus what you do now and the people that work for you great questions all i i I can certainly relate this year to last year when i did everything from my house uh right like we all did by and large and it's certainly nice to get Back, you know, I was at the Big Orange Club in, in Knoxville just about a month ago, not quite a month ago, uh, and, and chatting it up with, with the Tennessee fans. And, and I like doing that kind of thing during the season when 
the schedule allows. And, and as we speak, I'm, I'm driving to the airport uh, in Philadelphia. I'm headed to Las Vegas for the WCC tournament, which is, is kind of the ground zero for the, the mid-majors this year with, with St. Mary's and San Francisco and BYU. And obviously you also have the likely number one overall seed in Gonzaga. Uh, so I, I would say this year is uh, a, a nice change of pace. And early in championship week, I, I have a little flexibility. Once the big tournaments get going, rolling Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be back in Bristol and uh, sitting in the bunker uh, giving the updates whenever there's a, a, a change of significance with the projections. We're talking with Joe Lenardi, um, Mr. Bracketologist. Joe, I, um, you know, I marvel at uh, <laughs> every night there's an update, sometimes a couple, and, and I'm watching games last night and early this weekend and, and just sort of how tuned in and how glued you in. You mentioned this a minute ago about the potential of six SEC teams that would be number six or higher seeds in the tournament. Do you remember a year when the SEC has been this deep with this many teams with realistic potential to get to the Final Four? And, you know, certainly with Kay leaving at Duke, I mean, is the SEC on the cusp of surpassing the ACC? Or is that, you know, do you think that's a possibility as a basketball league? I do think it's a possibility uh, in terms of year-to-year and and team-to-team seeding and selection options. And then, you know, not going to get weaker when Texas and Oklahoma come to pass. The The only caution I would give is historically, and the NCC has had a battle this, historically, Bigger is not necessarily better in terms of the metrics that drive selection and seeding. In fact, it's usually the opposite. Uh, One of the reasons we've seen the Big 12, for instance, uh, you know, their worst team this year, uh, West Virginia, is top 75. So, like, every road game in that league is quad one game. And, and, and that's why the Baylor and Kansas and Texas Tech and like resumes are so extraordinary by comparison. Um, when, when you have a larger bottom, if you will, the, the, the numbers of those teams are, aren't going to be as good. And it's hurt the ACC at 15, quite honestly. Uh, you look at Pitt and, and, and Boston College and, and Georgia Tech or, or, or whomever you want to say is in the bottom third. And you know, they've been a drag on the league. Um, and, you know, is the SEC ever going to have the tradition in basketball of Tobacco Road and the original great conference tournament and all of that? Probably not. Certainly not in my professional lifetime. Uh, but can they be as good at, at, in terms of individual teams advancing in the tournament over the next you know, three, six, eight years, absolutely. Well, Joe, let's get you out of here on this, and we appreciate your time because I know how busy you are and you do a super job, and I know that this time of year everyone's checking your latest bracketology projections. What do you like? What gives you optimism about Tennessee making a deep run? What are you concerned about from Tennessee about 
as far as not being able to make a deep run. Well, it's funny. I, I don't know if this was the right thing or wrong thing to say to, to the crowd down uh, in Knoxville a, a few weeks ago, but, like, for me, you know, I, I, I try and conceive of the Final Four in historical terms. Like, there's usually a couple number one seats, but rarely three and almost never, once in fact, ever, all four number ones. So you can't really think that way. And then, you know, it, then it, there's also going to be, you know, maybe every other year or so, you, you know, a sleeper kind of team, you know, maybe not as big a sleeper as the Loyola Chicago, but, but certainly, uh, uh, you, you know, a six or seven seed that makes it. Like the last time UConn won, they were a seven, right? Teams like that. Right. Uh, more often than not, there's a three, four, five that makes it, and I try to look at the non-winners of the best league, and but but are really good, and and on that list this year, maybe first on that list for me, is Tennessee. Uh, they're certainly hard to play against. They're not going to get blown out, generally speaking, uh, because of of their defense and their pace. Um, so those are huge upsides in that, you know, if you're not in the game, you can't win it, and they're likely to be in the game, right? And, you know, unless they're playing one of the two or three truly elite teams. Like, there aren't many teams in the country that are going to beat them by double digits on a neutral court. It, it feels to me. Right. And then then countering that is, of course, when, when you do play – a lot of close games or, or lower scoring games. Um, you know, you bring the luck factor, the 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 the, the, the odd whistle into play, a bad break, a, a turned ankle, a, a, a you know a goofy call or what have you. Uh, because the flip of it is the best way to uh, avoid losing a close game is not to play a close game. <laughs> It, it, it seems to me so. In a way, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, their way forward and their style. But if Tennessee is playing in April, I will not be surprised at all. Somebody like Tennessee is going to be. So I told the Big Orange crowd, "Why not you guys?" <laughs> well, I'm sure they're glad to hear that once again, Joe. I, uh, man, I really appreciate well, you I taking mean, time. You know, I was in a certain room. I wasn't going to say, like, the blue and white state next door. I'm not an idiot. You're a smart man, Joe. You're a smart man. It's St. Joe's man. So there I, you go. I know how it goes, brother. There hey, listen. Hey, safe travels, and uh, keep on keeping on, man. We'll catch up with you down the road, okay? Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad it worked out. All right, Joe. Thank you. That's Joe Lenardi, Mr. Bracketologist for ESPN, saying right now he feels pretty confident. AP, that the Vols will be a number three seed in the NCAA tournament. Let's take our second break here on the nation. We'll be back here in just a couple of minutes. Talk a little Tennessee baseball the rest of the show. He's AP. I'm Chris Lowe. We'll be right back. 